Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 21st of May. And we start with breaking news and the Israeli Security Cabinet has approved a ceasefire to end its military operation in Gaza. A Hamas official has also confirmed a mutual and simultaneous truce with Israel to begin in just a few hours. More than 200 people have been killed in the 11-day military operation with thousands more injured and displaced. Also making news this Friday, the federal government is set to make a major announcement today to fast-track locally made COVID vaccines here in Australia. It's believed they'll push for mRNA vaccines like Moderna and Pfizer, which work differently to the problem-plagued AstraZeneca. Currently, these mRNA vaccines are made overseas and it's hoped by producing them here, it would help solve supply issues and speed up the rollout. Scientists say the vaccines also adapt much better to the new strains of the virus and the technology can also help with other medical breakthroughs in cancer and heart treatments. It comes as the Queensland government scraps the use of the AstraZeneca vaccine at its mass vaccination hubs. The state government says it will continue to administer the Pfizer jab to frontline workers and the vulnerable. Meantime, Queensland Premier, who is eligible to receive her jab at 51, has admitted she isn't vaccinated yet. Premier, have you had the jab yet? Uh, No, not yet. I have to have my flu vaccine first and I think Dr Young and I are planning to have that in the next week or two. Also, the TGA has announced another six Australians are being treated for blood clots likely linked to the AstraZeneca jab. The Therapeutic Goods Administration confirmed the new cases in its weekly vaccine safety report, with four new cases confirmed and two still under investigation. All up, there have been 24 cases in Australia. Here is infectious diseases expert Professor Sharon Lewin on Sky News. 24 cases amongst 2 million doses is about 1 in 100,000, sorry, one person in a fully packed MCG. But second of all, we've got much better at diagnosing and treating these blood clots. They're very different to standard blood clots. And if you give the standard blood clot medicine, you make things worse. You have to know that it's a vaccine-associated blood clot. And there are fears more jobs will go at Qantas as the airline continues to feel the fallout from international border closures. The Flying Kangaroo is offering voluntary redundancies for its international crew as part of new cost-cutting measures after posting a $2 billion loss. Here is Qantas CEO Alan Joyce. A two-year wage freeze for all Qantas Group employees, including management. This certainly isn't a reflection of the hard work of our people, but it is a reflection on the tough reality we face. Mr Joyce says since the start of the pandemic, Qantas has lost more than $16 billion in revenue. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. And we start in WA and staff at Perth Children's Hospital have expressed their frustrations and disappointment as the fallout continues from a damning report into a little girl's death. Our reporter Adam Hemmings has more from Perth. 
Tash, morale at the hospital is low, with some staff apparently refusing shifts. It follows the report that identified 11 areas for improvement after the tragic death of Ashwarya Ashwath last month. After intense scrutiny of what happened that night, dozens of doctors and nurses have now held an emergency meeting with hospital bosses and the health minister. They've expressed their annoyance at ongoing staffing issues and that some colleagues are being referred to the medical regulator. The Australian Medical Association Associations. Dr Andrew Miller says they've spoken bravely without fear. I've never heard staff quite so upset with anyone. Health Minister Roger Cook says the hospital staff have his full support. To Victoria now and the state government has handed down its budget revealing enormous cost blowouts on its major transport infrastructure projects. Our reporter James Lake has the details from Melbourne. Yeah, Tash, some of the figures here are pretty eye-watering. Construction has started on the massive North East Link project. We were first told it would cost $8 billion, but that figure is now pushing closer to double that at $16 billion. We were sold the Metro Rail Tunnel under the CBD for $9 billion, and that's now on track to cost us $13.7 billion before it even opens. And a project to remove 50 level crossings from around the metro area was going to be completed for $5 billion. Well, we're now on the hook for more than $8.3 billion to finish the job. To Queensland now, and JobKeepers will be offered cash incentives to relocate to the Sunshine State to take up employment in an effort to help its tourism sector bounce back. Our Brisbane reporter David Shiraz has more on the government's Work in Paradise campaign. Morning, Tash. Well, Queensland's tourism sector collapsed during COVID and this spend is aimed at energising it back to normal. The major incentive to live and work here, other than the warm weather, up to $1,500 in cash payments and a bonus $250 travel voucher if you've got to go more than 100 k's for the gig. The scheme won't start paying out until July 1, but you can already start applying for eligible jobs. Now for the latest in business and finance news, and we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at Canstar. Effie, good morning. The cost of retirement certainly soared in the March quarter as petrol eating out and entertainment costs increased. Yeah, that's right, Tash. So new data that was released yesterday shows uh, from ASFA shows that we're going to need that little bit more in retirement if we're looking for that comfy lifestyle. And it is thanks to what you just mentioned, petrol, insurance and domestic travel prices. And what it's done for the March quarter is it means someone in their mid-60s would now almost need 62900 a year. That's around $1,200 a week to support that comfortable retirement. And singles would need almost 44500 a year or $850-odd a week. It is a lot. And according to ASFAR, they reckon about 25% of new retirees are, you know, are hitting this mark. And the move to 12% compulsory super, along with other initiatives that's announced in the budget, should get 50% of Australians there by 2050. Now, while that sounds good, it's not so good for those of us about to retire whose super balance isn't quite there. So my tip here is probably book an appointment with Services Australia's financial information officers. It's a free service to help you look for ways to increase your overall retirement income. And let's not forget the pension. It does go some way to filling that gap. A homeowner couple could have super and other assets worth 401000 and still get a full pension. And Effie, as we reported earlier this morning, not such good news for Qantas on the jobs front, but overall, good economic news on unemployment figures. Yeah, 
It, it was. It was a welcome relief because we weren't quite sure what would happen with the end of JobKeeper. It fell to a 13-month low of 5.5% and there were actually 33,600 fewer people classified as unemployed. Now, these figures also come after the Seek Employment Report, which showed just about every state and territory has seen an increase in job acts. Now, unfortunately, the news wasn't so good with wage growth numbers. Remember, that came out Wednesday and it confirmed what most of us already know, that despite high numbers of job ads and talk of labour shortages, it's unlikely our boss is going to give us a pay rise right now. Probably the closest thing to a pay rise may be employer perks. And according to Hayes, the top three benefits that the majority of employers are currently offering staff is training, flexible work hours and learning and development opportunities. You may also be able to talk some salary sacrificing and extended annual leave, but that's about it. It's still worth asking your employer what perks they may have to offer. Always good to ask. Thanks so much, Effie. (laughs) Thanks. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, the Cowboys proved too strong for the Knights last night despite having two players sent to the bin. Yes, good morning, Tash. That's right, they were cut to 11 men at one stage. They watched a 16-point lead evaporate before finishing with three unanswered tries. Winger Murray Talungi bagged his first hat-trick. Jason Tamalolo and Lachlan Burr were binned for high shots, but their coach, Todd Payton, wouldn't be drawn on the NRL's crackdown on high contact. I'm not going to give that any energy at all. All my focus is around how we're going to manage it moving forward. It's, it is what it is. Yeah, we've just got to move forward. So the Cowboys, they start at the season the first month. Uh, they couldn't get a win. Now they've won five out of seven. They are into the top eight. That could change depending on other results, but certainly the wheel has turned in North Queensland. And tonight we've got uh, the Warriors up against the Tigers, who are unchanged, and then it's the Sharks and the Dragons in the doubleheader on Friday night. Big weekend in the NRL to the AFL now, Brett, and round 10 rules to life with the Battle of the Big Cats tonight at the Gabba. Yes, looking forward to this. It's the Lions and the Tigers, of course, played in the finals the last two years. Last year, the Lions snapped a 15-game losing streak to the Tigers. Uh, They've lost some key personnel, though. Ryan Lester, Darcy Gardner out, so that's some experience gone from their defence. James Madden has been recalled the Irish rookie for the Tigers. Jack Ross has been promoted to the 22. He was the medical sub last week. AFL great Wayne Carey is tipping the Lions to be too strong. Yeah, humming along the Lions, aren't they? And the fact that that's at home and the Tigers, well documented, players that are out. We've spoken about them already, how good they've been, but I can't see them beating the Lions at home on Friday night. So I'm going to go as my certainty, I'm going to go with the Lions. And big selection news out of the unbeaten Demons. They've dropped their recruit Ben Brown. They face the Crows tomorrow night in Adelaide. And to golf now, Brett, our Aussies aren't faring so well during the first round of the PGA Championship in South Carolina. Yes, especially if your name is uh, Adam Scott, the former Masters champion, shanked his opening tee shot. He never recovered on that uh, first hole. He carted a triple bogey. Kiwa getting its pounded flush from Adam Scott, a seven on the card. Yeah, they're playing at an ocean course, and uh, Scott had spoken before the tournament began about how the conditions would be tough, and that proved to be true. American Keegan Bradley is in a three-way share of the lead. The best Aussie, Cameron Smith, is even with the card. Uh, that is still live at the moment, so we've got a few Aussies out on the course during the PGA Championship. Hopefully, they can recover. Yeah, hopefully they can turn it around. Brett, happy Friday. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. 
And there's been another major cyber attack. This time, the real estate website Domain has been hit. Some users who had made rental inquiries on the site were then contacted by the scammers who asked them to give a deposit to secure their property. At this stage, it's not yet clear how many people have been affected. Investigations are now underway with Domain saying it strengthened the website security. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also find the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. And we'll see you bright and early on Monday. Listener.